Hey, and welcome to a very special edition of the Feminization Boudoir Podcast by Candy Apple Press. I have not used the A Very Special Episode tag yet. Uh, This is not Blossom. I am not doing this with every single episode. What makes this so special? Every single um, episode for a while, I've been reminding people that they only get about half the story and they don't get the good half, or they they don't get some of the more sexy parts. Tonight, uh, on this episode of the podcast, you are going to actually get everything. Um, I have the amazing Shayla Espazia. She is doing a recording of my story uh, entitled College Changes a Guy, which just came out a week ago, and... It is the story of my feminization in college. I originally uh, wrote about it in a series called Welcome to College, and I was planning on going back and just editing that original series, but as I got going, looking through it and reading it, I realized I changed a lot of things in the beginning to try to protect identities, and I've learned a lot about storytelling and writing in the oh gosh, six, seven years since that story came out. So I wanted to um, basically start fresh and and tell the story as it happened. And um, I I think it's it's very personal to me, but I also think it's something that if you like feminization stories, well, here's the real deal. So I think you'll enjoy it too. Uh, Shayla does her usual wonderful job reading it. And um, so I'm really excited. I'll be back in the middle of the audio um, just to kind of say hi. And uh, otherwise, it's just one audio for the entire show. Hope you like it. College Changes a Guy Written by Kylie Gable Narrated by Shayla Aspasia The tape was pulling at the tiny hairs on my wrist as I tried futilely to slip out of my bonds. My hands had been taped behind my back, and my arms were an even bigger problem as they had been wrapped in packing tape, pinning them to my sides as well as the back of my chair, from my shoulders down to my waist. For good measure, my ankles had been spread wide and taped to the chair legs. The girls had placed tape over my mouth and as a final indignity, applied lipstick to my mouth over the tape. I had been able to use my tongue to pry the tape off. When I called after them to let me go, when they went to bed for the night and left me in this very public lounge. It was now past six in the morning but people were still coming in from drinking and partying. Even a small college like DuPont got busy during that period when students had returned to college, but classes had yet to start. My face was caked in makeup. I hadn't made it easy for the girls, but what their application had lacked in accuracy they more than made up for in volume. The little red dress I was wearing would probably have been a lot more humiliating 
if they hadn't put it on over my clothes. As I tried in vain to struggle free from the tape, my pigtails kept brushing against the side of my face, reminding me what had caused everything. For the last 10 minutes since Amanda led the exodus from the front lounge, I had been trying to get loose, but I still found myself just as helpless as I had been when they left me. Facing away from the door, I only knew the light of the sun was beginning to fill the sky by the increased brightness in the lounge where I was now a prisoner. I soon became aware of the clacking of heels on the path leading into the door, accompanied by the sound of loud drunken laughter, female laughter. The two girls walked in wearing short dresses and heels. Their matching long blonde hair gave them the appearance of being sisters. Their laughter was clearly the result of too much drinking at a fraternity party. They were about as unlikely a pair of rescuers as I was going to find, but they were the best chance I was going to see for a while, and I knew it. Not as many people were coming back from the parties this late and the walks of shame wouldn't begin for at least an hour. Hey girls, I called out from the chair. They both stopped, stared at me, and then began laughing all over again. What happened to you? Said the one in the blue dress. Cheryl, check him out. Oh my God, Tracy, it's a boy in a dress she replied as both girls approached me. I'm kind of stuck and I was hoping you could help me, I said sheepishly. Cheryl began to inspect me. She stared closely at my makeup, played with my pigtails, and admired my dress. Tracy, for her part, seemed much more curious about the tape that held me in place. She tugged on the tape, and after inspection, agreed that I was indeed helpless. So what happened to you? asked Tracy. The way that I had been taped to the chair left my legs spread wide, making perfect seats for the girls to sit on as I recounted my story. It felt awkward to have them sitting on me, though neither of them could have been over 115 so they weren't that heavy. They smelled like a mix of beer and Tommy girl. They were such attractive girls and I could feel their breath on me. It was only the sting of my acute humiliation that kept me from getting aroused. Well, it's kind of embarrassing, I said. Oh, those are the best kinds of stories, replied Cheryl enthusiastically. I began recounting the misadventure that left me trapped here. I don't know if you know Stephanie Hull, I began. She's a sophomore, pre-med major, and she's something of a brain. I guess she has a 4.0 GPA. Anyway, we were talking about majors and stuff around 3 this morning, and 
I made the mistake of telling her that I didn't know there were that many jobs for women doctors. But she'd probably make an excellent nurse. You didn't, said Tracy. No wonder they did all this to you. Well, this girl that I went to Oxford with this summer, Amanda, overheard and asked if I was still on this male superiority kick. Oh, we all know Amanda, said Tracy. You should have known better than to piss her off. I told her that men weren't superior, but that we were less emotional, and we were physically superior because we're stronger. You didn't, said Cheryl, trying to suppress a giggle. I did. Did she pull out the tape right then? asked Tracy. No, she said if men were so physically superior, we should have a wrestling match. That seems only right, said Cheryl. Well, I didn't want to hurt her, and there was all this furniture, so I told her no. Did you really tell her that you didn't want to hurt her? asked Cheryl. I did, but when everyone started catcalling me and making fun of me for being chicken to wrestle her, I finally agreed. Go on. What happened next? asked Tracy. We got on our knees facing each other and locked our fingers together to try and push each other over. She was stronger than I thought she'd be, and I didn't just go right down. Naturally, I kept pushing harder and harder. Naturally, smirked Cheryl. Anyway, as I give one mighty shove, she stops pushing back and takes two steps sideways on her knees. Without her to stop me, all my momentum took me straight down to the couch. And she clamped her knees around my head. She had leverage, and she still had a hold of my hands. So she twisted my hands behind my back and began spanking me. How humiliating, mocked Cheryl. Did the spanking hurt? asked Tracy. No, it didn't hurt. Not much anyway. But it stung enough that I couldn't help kicking my feet, and the girls just found that absolutely hysterical. I bet, said Tracy. When she finally let me up, I was so humiliated. I started charging at her, and she stayed away from me. After about five minutes, I was completely out of breath, and she wasn't even winded. Both girls laughed at this comment. I hated recounting everything that happened in humiliating detail, but these girls were my best chance of getting loose, so I wanted to stay on their good sides. Then what happened? asked Cheryl. Then she went on the offensive. I had worn myself out so much that I didn't really have a chance. It sounds like you wouldn't have had a chance anyway, said Tracy. Oh, I don't know about that. It's not like I'm a total wimp. Yeah, laughed Tracy. We can tell. Anyway, go on, said Cheryl. Well, she put me in a bunch of humiliating positions. And then finally she pinned me and had the other girls in the room count to 20. Wait, I'm no expert, but I thought you count to three in wrestling, said Tracy. You're supposed to. But she didn't want me saying it was a fast count, she said. And you still couldn't get free? That's amazing, said Cheryl. Yeah, but 
That doesn't explain how you came to be all taped up and in a dress, said Tracy. After they counted to 20, one of the other girls was sitting in the chair right above us, and she asked me how it felt to have a girl kick my ass. What did you say? asked Cheryl. I told her the truth. I didn't want to hurt Amanda, and there was furniture we could break. It really didn't prove anything. So you made all these excuses when she was still pinning you? asked Cheryl. I think I can see how you wound up like this. Please continue, said Tracy. Well, Amanda didn't like that. She reached over for her purse and pulled out a couple of hair ribbons and she put me in pigtails. And they are adorable, said Cheryl. Go on, I want to hear about the rest. Well, after the girls saw her put me in pigtails, they started putting makeup on me. Why didn't you stop them? asked Tracy. I couldn't. She was still holding me down. So how did you come to be wearing the dress? asked Cheryl. The girls decided they needed pictures, so one of them ran back to her room to get a camera. Amanda sat me up in front of her and sat against the couch with her legs wrapped around my arms. No matter how hard I tried, I was stuck. When the other girls got back, she not only had the camera, but she stopped off by her closet and picked up a dress for me. How precious, said Cheryl. I love how the red brings out your eyes. However did they get it on you, asked Tracy. With that many girls, it was easier than I want to admit. When I wouldn't cooperate, Amanda punched me and knocked the wind right out of me. As I struggled to regain my breath, they wrestled it on me and zipped up the back. And you were trapped, cooed Cheryl. They kept trying to take pictures of me, and I kept trying to block the camera. All while I was trying to get that dress off, we had a standoff going. So, what broke the standoff? asked Tracy. One of the girls ran over to the front desk area and grabbed a couple of rolls of packing tape. Smart, said Tracy. So they taped you down, asked Cheryl. Yeah, and people were coming in all night who saw me. Yeah, I can see it's pretty hard to defend yourself when you're taped to a chair, wearing a dress, makeup, and pigtails, said Tracy. It's even harder when they gag you and draw lips on over the tape. I think half of this dorm knows me as the guy in a dress now. It is a good nickname, said Tracy. Where did they go? asked Cheryl. They just went off to bed about ten minutes ago. I've been trying to get loose ever since. Aw, they wouldn't let you go? asked Cheryl. No, I managed to pry the tape off my mouth with my tongue. But by the time I was able to call after him, they weren't coming back. They really did a number on you, said Tracy. I was actually hoping you could untape me. We'd love to, but the girls who did this would be mad at us if we did that, said Tracy. Good luck, though, said Cheryl. Hopefully you'll get loose soon. Both girls turned and kissed me on the cheeks before turning and walking away. They were laughing the whole time and I was too embarrassed to call out after them. 
I went back to trying to free myself. Up until that moment, it hadn't occurred to me that just because somebody saw me in this predicament, it didn't mean they would automatically let me go. And I'm back with a little break uh, in the middle of the story. We're about the halfway part. You know, my story is, is not that unusual. I've talked to a lot of sissies over the years who have stories that are kind of similar to where mine is at this point. Some girls ganged up on them. They overpowered them. Maybe they tied them to a chair. Whatever. Makeup was involved. Pictures were taken. The end. And um, I think what makes my story a, a little bit different is that from the beginning it was like I was there with a shovel digging myself a deeper and deeper hole. So as I'm taped to the chair I had no idea um, how things would progress that night and how that would change my college experience and, and frankly my life. I think I've always been submissive but being a sissy, enjoying feminization, that sort of thing that did not exist before this particular night. So, let's get back to the story. Oh good, you're still here, said a familiar voice. I looked up to see Amanda and her friends entering the lounge. Amanda Wyatt was a very attractive girl with piercing green eyes and luxuriously shiny blonde hair. But she wasn't just any girl. She was that kind of charismatic leader that everybody just sort of clings to. In her, you could see a future civil rights leader, or maybe a cruel third world dictator. She wasn't one of the hottest girls on campus, but guys just naturally wanted to be around her. So she pretty much had her pick. Standing just next to Amanda was her best friend, Deanna. Deanna Bailey was an attractive freshman from some tiny downstate town where the highlight of the high school nightlife was the Dairy Queen. She was probably the prettiest freshman in the school, but she didn't seem to put too much stock in that. She pitched on the softball team and that gave her an amazing ass. She had long red hair that almost reached down to her behind and she loved sports. Peeking around Amanda was Karen Alvarez. She was a petite Mexican girl who was the first one in her family to go to college. A very studious girl, she was extremely organized but had a fun side as well, if you got to know her that was. She had some curves to her with a perfect pair of C-cup breasts. Wendy Kozak was a Polish girl from the south side of Chicago. Her mother worked as a cleaning lady to put both her and her older sister through college. Her hair was brown and she had sapphire blue eyes. I later learned that she did her own hair and also cut hair for some of the girls in the dorm. She and I were exactly the same size. We have a deal for you. If you'd like to be released from that chair, offered Amanda. What's that? I asked even as I struggled to free myself. Our only regret about tonight is that you didn't cooperate when we tried to do your makeup. You have to admit we did a very sloppy job. I'm heartbroken. Well, if you come back to my room and let us give you a proper makeover, 
We will untape you from the chair and delete all the pictures we took. Really? You don't want any mementos from tonight? I don't think any of us will forget these memories. Besides, we'd rather do the proper makeover more, assured Deanna. I didn't trust these girls at all, but I saw where they went when they left me earlier. Amanda's room was down the wing on the right, and my dorm room was the second door you walked past. If they were going to take me back to Amanda's, we would have to walk right past my room. When we did, I could grab my key, let myself in, and lock them out. With a plan in place, I agreed. Okay, if you'll erase all the pictures, I'll do it. I thought he'd see it our way, said Tracy. The girls went to work undoing the tape cocoon that they had ensnared me in. Undoing my ankles was easy enough. But when they did my arms, there was considerable tape to skin contact. Times it stung. Worse, I could see the hair left on the tape. Finally, with my arms free, they lifted me to my feet. I turned my back to Amanda so that she could untape my wrist. But she grabbed my left elbow instead. Let's go, was all she said. Wait, aren't you going to untape my wrist? We'll do that when we get back to the room, said Deanna, grabbing my right elbow. Even if I could somehow pull away from them, I'd never be able to reach my keys. I was going to have to go along with the makeover. The only solace I had was that they kept their word. They wouldn't have any pictures to hang over my head anymore. No sooner did we get back to Amanda's room than Tracy grabbed the desk chair and moved it over in front of the door before sitting down. Now, any attempt to flee the room would mean going through her. Now strip, ordered Amanda. So you can do my makeup? That makes no sense. No, a makeover is more than just makeup. Well, I'm not taking off my clothes. Do you think you can keep them if we decide to pull them off of you? Asked Deanna, grabbing me from behind. Okay, I'll take off my clothes, I promised allowing Deanna to keep the shirt that she was already in the process of removing from me. Amanda's room was a lot like mine. It had the same two closets, the full-length mirror on the back of the door, a postage stamp-sized washroom, and a couple of desks and beds. But there was no doubt it was a girl's room. If you had told me just a few short days ago, that I would be naked in a girl's room before classes even began. I'd have been thrilled. But the way this was happening was definitely not fulfilling any sexual fantasies. I took off my shoes and socks before proceeding. I looked over at Amanda, but she simply said everything. Once I was naked, I was ushered over to a chair in the corner of the room and sat down. I don't know what you were so scared to show us, said Tracy. If we don't squint, you don't have to worry about us seeing anything. Now that you mention it, it is tiny, agreed Karen. These things don't exactly get big when you're frightened, I argued. You're frightened? Of us? asked Wendy. It's a nervous situation. 
you know five inches is average. If you say so, said Amanda, clearly not buying it. This was so humiliating. In order to put new makeup on me, the first thing that the girls had to do was take off the heavy makeup they had put on me earlier. The removal required lots of scrubbing with makeup remover, which convinced me that the girls had no intention of making it easy for me to remove. As Karen and Amanda carefully removed my makeup, Deanna busied herself painting my toes and eventually my fingernails, a very hot pink. The girls treated my face as if it was a canvas. They carefully applied a liquid foundation. It was a little cold to the touch. I didn't care for the smell either. Karen rubbed the gunk into my skin. This will smooth out your complexion. Great, I replied glumly. Aw, don't be so sad, said Amanda. You're going to look fabulous when we're done with you. After the liquid foundation was applied, it was followed by powder and then concealer. Apparently, I had a tiny bit of sun damage under my eyes and they were determined to get rid of it. Blusher next, asked Karen. Does she really need it, called Tracy across the room. Seems like she's blushing enough. Are you kidding, said Karen. She's got cheekbones like Kira Knightley. We've got to enhance those. I hated the way they talked about me, like I wasn't even there. But I didn't want them talking about what they were doing to me either. Karen applied the blush, and she applied it very heavily. When it was time to do my eyes, Amanda looked over. This was the era of frosted eyeshadow, so I guess I couldn't complain too much about the thick black liner applied to both of my upper and lower eyelids and about the green eyeshadow that I was subjected to. Karen took over and applied Great Lash Mascara to my lashes. That was before using an eyelash curler to terrify me and make my eyes really pop. While Amanda was doing my eyes, I heard Karen ask what size shoes I wore. I say heard because Amanda had demanded that I shut my eyes tight. I told her I wore a size 7, and she was excited. We can share. You're a size 8 and a half in women's. You can wear just about anything. Wonderful, I replied. Can I please just get some clothes on? Oh, honey, teased Amanda. Is that why you're so upset? We've got plenty in our wardrobes to share with you. In addition to four pairs of shoes from Karen's collection, the girls had managed to assemble about a dozen outfits. There were dresses, skirts, and even some lingerie, but I could see no pants anywhere. Not so fast, said Deanna, seeing me nervously examining the outfits. You need some sexy undies first. I have just what Sissy needs said Amanda, handing me a lilac-covered lace bra and panty set. I managed to step into the panties easy enough, but I needed Deanna's help with the bra. She adjusted the straps, fastened it behind me, and then stuffed it with a couple of extra pairs of Amanda's panties. Is this all really necessary? 
Can't you just let me go? I pleaded. Her legs are too hairy, said Deanna. Do you have a spare pair of dark hose, Amanda? For princess? Of course. I don't want to wear a dress, I protested. I know, she smirked. That's what makes it so fun. Come on, don't ruin our fun, said Deanna. It would be so bad. You know you're going to look amazing. Deanna showed me how to pull the pantyhose up my legs and then helped me into the tight blue bodycon mini dress. The other girls showed their appreciation by whistling at me. Just one more touch, said Karen, attaching a long black wig to the top of my head. Obviously, I had long enough hair to wear pigtails, but it was much easier to put a wig on me than to figure out how to style my hair to make it look feminine. Come on now, this is ridiculous. I reached for the wig, but Karen stopped me. Don't you dare touch that wig. Come on, cooperate, then this will go a lot easier, said Amanda as she grabbed her camera. What the hell? The only reason I'm here is because you said you would erase all the pictures. And we will, she promised. We always keep our word and we said we'd erase all the pictures we took. I meant it. Then why do you need the camera? I asked. We're going to make you model those outfits. It's a lot more fun to have you pose if we have a camera. Yeah, bullshit. I told you I'd erase all the pictures we took, she said. You need to trust me. I looked her in the eyes and sighed shaking my head. Against my better judgment, I finally agreed to just go ahead and pose as she took pictures of me. It started out with simple pictures of me in the outfits, but then it got complicated. Play with your breasts through your bra. Blow a kiss to the camera. Run your fingers through your hair. Face that wall and put your leg on my chair, said Amanda giving me direction. Now put your hands around your leg like you're adjusting your pantyhose and look over at me, over your shoulder with a big smile. When I did as I was told, the girls all started chirping in with posing suggestions. I think the worst one was the one that Wendy came up with. I was wearing a little pink dress and lying on my stomach. I was pretending to read a copy of Cosmo with my leg bent up at a 90-degree angle and my heel dangling from my foot. I looked back over my shoulder at the camera with a carefree expression. I was a girly girl. I actually made it a bit of a game. I tried to guess who owned each outfit before I put it on. Some of it was made easier by the size of the girls or one of them cheering as I stepped into her dress but I got to the point where I knew each girl's personal style. The sexiest dresses belonged to Amanda, and to a lesser extent, Deanna. Wendy had some nice things, but Karen tended to cover up a bit more. The sexiest outfit probably belonged to Deanna. It was a jade mini dress that was off the shoulder. I really couldn't figure out when you'd wear a dress like that except for when you're posing for photos like I was. 
The girls had noticed that I had stopped resisting so strongly. I just wanted to get this impromptu modeling session over with. That way I could get back to my room. Finally, we ended it with a purple lace dress. It belonged to Amanda. And I bet she looked amazing in it. When Amanda had snapped half a dozen pictures of me in the new outfit, she declared us finished. Thank you for being such a good sport. But it really is getting late and we all need to get to bed. Hold on a second. You said you'd erase all the pictures you took. And I want to see you delete them all right now, I demanded. Of course, she said. I forgot. She held the camera so I could see the back of it and watched one by one as all the pictures they had taken in front of the lounge were soon gone. Then she stopped. Keep going. I want all the ones from in here erased too. Sorry, she said. I said we'd erase all the pictures we took. That's all that we had taken. The ones in here are new pictures. We never discussed those. What? What? Wait a minute. I would have never agreed to that. And yet you did, said Tracy. Give me that camera. You want a rematch? Asked Tracy as Amanda ripped the camera away from me. I don't think it's going to go any better for you this time. I was in a panic, but she was right. I couldn't beat her, and that was without any help from her friends. It was then that I remembered my clothes. I looked down at the floor, but they were all gone. Where the hell are my clothes? Don't you take that tone with me, said Amanda. Watching your clothes was your job, not ours. But I need my clothes. My tone had changed from rage to a pathetic, quivering panic. I'll tell you what, said Amanda. I'll be nice. When I get up, I'll look for your clothes. In the meantime, you can wear what you have on. But it's a dress. Yes, and a very, very pretty one. But it looks better on you than it ever looked on me. I didn't agree to this. I don't want you messing up anything. So don't try taking anything off, insisted Amanda. You think I'm going to rip the dress or something? I said, I don't want you taking anything off, she repeated, holding up the camera. Her meaning was very clear to me. To say that I walked back to my room would be a drastic overstatement. Unsteady in the heels, I clung to the wall for balance. With every step, I hoped I wouldn't twist an ankle and that no guys would hear the clip-clop of my sexy shoes and come out to the hall to investigate. It was weird to hear the heels echoing off the hallway tile and realize it was my heels they were hearing. It didn't quite sound like a woman walking because my steps were way too slow and mincing. Half the time, I landed on the balls of my feet and through the distance between my room and Amanda's was only about 120 feet. I wasn't exactly setting speed records. Finally, I reached my door without being seen. 
I breathed a sigh of relief that I had made it all the way there without being caught. I reached for my right pocket to grab my keys. And that's when I realized I had no front pocket. My hand touched only the dress. I was devastated. There was only one thing to do. I began the long trek back to Amanda's. I may have been slightly faster, but not much. And I knew that any moment a door could open and people could see me. I arrived at Amanda's and knocked on the door. There was no answer. So I knocked a little harder and called out, Amanda, I need my pants. When no answer was forthcoming, I began pounding on the door. I finally heard from Amanda. If you're trying to draw attention to yourself, you're probably doing a really good job of it. Oh shit, it hadn't even occurred to me that if I kept this up, it was only a matter of time before somebody opened their door to see what the ruckus was. Again, I made the long walk back from Amanda's back to my room. My roommate's name was Brett Vaupin, and he seemed like a nice enough guy. But we had only met for five minutes the night before when he moved in. We hadn't really communicated or even had a conversation. But I was pretty sure he was home. At least I hoped he was. I began knocking on the door. Now I have to say that at only five foot seven and 130 pounds, and with a baby face, I was probably the ideal candidate for feminization. Even those first pictures the girls took of me made me look very female. But there's such a big difference between passing in a still photograph and passing face to face. When Brett opened the door, he heard my gruff voice. He could see from the way I stood and the way I carried myself that I was a guy. However, he had no clue who I was or why I was knocking on the door to wake him up. Thank goodness you're here, man, I said relieved. It's your roommate, Steve. It took a few minutes for what I was going to say to register. Dude, what happened to you? I, I forgot my keys. No, I... I mean, why are you dressed like that? I really can't talk about it right now. I will tell you later. Honestly, I didn't know if it was more humiliating to admit this girl beat me up, her and her friends taped me up to a chair, and then tricked me into posing for over 50 pictures, or have him just think that sometimes I like to feel pretty. In any event... Not telling him was a huge mistake, and one that I'd pay for for a long time to come. Honestly, what freaked Brett out more than what I was wearing was that I was making no move to take any of it off. My inability to sit modestly in a dress didn't help matters. As I sat on my bed, the hemline of Amanda's rather short frock was up around my waist. He got quite a show. I really was drained from the previous evening's excitement and needed some sleep. 
I got the bright idea of using my backrest pillow, which was meant to allow me to sit up in bed and study. I figured if I used that, it would be like reclining on a plane and stopping me from rolling over and messing up my makeup. It worked. I slept soundly past noon. It was a knock at the door that comically woke me up. Having drifted off to sleep, I completely forgot about how I was dressed. I immediately jumped off the bed and nearly wiped out, crashing into the refrigerator as I realized I was still wearing my heels. Stumbling, I made it to the bathroom, where Brett and I whispered very loudly to each other. I hid in the bathroom while he answered the door. It was Amanda standing on the other side. She asked Brett kindly, would you mind giving us some privacy? It was clear that Brett was disappointed to not be learning just what had happened to me, but he deferred and left us to our conversation. As I exited from the bathroom, I noticed that Amanda was carrying shopping bags. She handed me one and I looked inside to find my clothes that had gone missing. Thank you. You left them in Karen's room, she said matter-of-factly, though we both knew I never had been in her room. Sure, whatever. That's an ugly tone for somebody who's so pretty, she said. Let me take another good look at you. I'm really not in the mood for this. Did you try to take anything off, she said suspiciously. You told me not to. Not even the shoes? I wonder if your roommate tried to take the dress off of you himself when you were sleeping, she teased. You can leave now. Thanks for returning my clothes. Almost, she said, before turning and moving over to my dresser and beginning to open doors. When she got to my underwear drawer, she stopped and began scooping up all my boxer shorts. What the hell do you think you're doing? I demanded. Oh, we had so much fun last night that we didn't see any reason why it should end, she said cheerily. As she dumped a whole lot of panties into my underwear drawer. I'll give you a reason. I don't want to wear any of that shit, I said. Oh, we know. That's one of the things that make it so much fun for us. She closed the drawer and walked over to my closet. I was beginning to panic. Would they really do this to me? So I get absolutely no say in this? I'm afraid not. We'll take it slow and try not to make it too traumatic. But we've made up our minds. She said it like it was the most natural thing in the world. I won't wear panties. That would be really unfortunate for you. I'd hate to have to use the pictures we have to help persuade you. We will be checking every day. And if we find you're not wearing proper underwear, you will be punished. Am I supposed to keep the dress on too? Of course not. You can hang it up. It's yours now. In fact, you can keep everything but the shoes. They're not mine, so I need them back. You can wear whatever you want for now but you're going to be wearing panties. I stopped arguing with her because I really wanted to get washed up 
and I wanted her to leave. After all, I didn't really think they would keep this up after today. After she left, I quickly removed my dress and the women's underwear. The bra wasn't easy before taking a long, hot shower. I took the soap and began to scrub my fingers, but I soon learned that it wouldn't remove nail polish. I was able to get most of my makeup, but I couldn't get the damn mascara off either. Exiting the shower, I went over to my underwear drawer to try to find the most masculine pair of panties that I now owned. I grabbed a pair of black lace bikini panties, and that's when I saw the white slip of paper in the drawer. Pulling it out, I saw that it was a receipt from Victoria's Secret. When they had my pants, they had my wallet. In my wallet was a copy of my dad's platinum card, which was how they bought all the panties. How the hell would I explain all this to my dad? I hope you enjoyed part one of this particular story, the longest uh, audio story that I have ever played in its entirety on this podcast. Thanks to Shayla for doing an amazing job on something so personal and so important to me. Um, The second book has already been published. The third one will be out on Friday, um, February 21st. And um, if you like reading, I hope you'll pick those up. I definitely do have plans to release the entire story in audio form. Shayla has agreed to record them. Um, But on this podcast, as usual, um, after this episode, we'll go back to playing about 20 to 30 minutes. So you will miss a lot of the story if you follow it on the podcast. I think it'll be great and worth following. But if you really want to enjoy the story in its entirety and hear Shayla's great audios um, I'd recommend our store on Clips for Sale where um, each audio is about oh, $15, $16 they set the price I use the minimum that you're allowed on there and um, I promise you Shayla is going to continue knocking this one out of the park and because it's so personal to me I think it's some of my better writing so I hope you enjoy it I hope Uh, I didn't really say much about Valentine's Day last week. I hope everybody had a great week. And I will see you back next Monday um, with, I believe, Faith 
uh, O'Shea's story, Tying the Knot. Tune in next week, same sissy time, same sissy station. Bye-bye.